Welcome back to the program. Keep your eyes to the skies a little later on this afternoon. We are expecting the possibility of some inclement weather as the heat wave continues. And we're going to keep you informed here on Global News Radio. The other thing we're going to keep you informed or get you informed on is something you might not have heard anything about. I know just until recently I had not heard a thing about this. It's about what's going on in Quebec. And I'll tell you, we need to pay attention to what's happening in Quebec right now. Because what began as a movement to call out some tattoo artists in Montreal for, you know, Me Too behavior, for uh, inappropriate touching and some other issues, has spiraled to a Me Too movement or a Me Too uh, reckoning, really, in Quebec that has touched pretty much all corners of life in that province. It has impacted musicians and entertainers. It has embroiled politicians. And many of the names are simply not known in English Canada. And if I gave them to you, you would say, I don't know who any of those people are, uh, unless you happen to be you know, fully invested in Francophone culture. And if you ever spend any time in Quebec, even just you know, passing through, you, know, you turn on the television and it, you know, just even beyond the language barrier, you know, the, the talk shows and the entertainment and the TV shows are, well, that's a completely distinct culture in so many ways. But what's happening right there in, in Quebec right now is absolutely dominating the headlines. And Maya Kepler for the Huffington Post has written a great sort of uh, primer on all of it. And you find out uh, who's impacted and why. And Maya joins me on the line. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Give me a sense, is this still unfolding? Like there's a sense of we don't know where the story's going next in Quebec? This is absolutely still unfolding. Um, just this morning, there was a comedian um, named Julien Lacroix who uh, was accused of uh, of sexual misconduct. So this is a story that just keeps on going. And where did it start? It sort of started with some an, an anonymous website, did it not? It started, yeah, that's right. It started on social media. It really is a social media-based movement. Uh, so there was one particular Instagram account that started um, documenting anonymous allegations of misconduct against tattoo artists, as you mentioned. So it kind of started um, as a way that people could protect potential victims who might be spending time alone with these tattoo artists might be, you know, giving them access to body parts. Um, so that's really how it started. And from there, it uh, seemed to have sort of spun off to communities associated with, with uh, the tattoo community in Montreal. So bartenders and musicians, because uh, there's a big overlap there with, with tattoos. So um, it was really when musicians started being named that I think this kind of took off in a really dramatic way. Um, and it has focused, I'd say, for the most part on musicians within Quebec, although, of course, there are um, there are exceptions to that as well. Is my understanding also that, that the accusations have now moved well beyond, you know, personalities known within Quebec and just private citizens being named as well? Uh, I'm not super familiar with that. That could be happening. Um, I have seen, uh, personally, what I've seen is, is more sort of big name, uh, big name figures, big kind of celebrities um, within Quebec. That's what, what I've seen more of. It even has now uh, embroiled the premier of the province. 
Yeah. Um, uh, so Yves-Francois Blanchet, who is the leader of the Bloc Québécois... Pardon has, me, the leader of the BQ, pardon me. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, he, uh, he's been... He's been uh, he's been accused, and he has denied those those accusations. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's kind of maybe that's the the crossover point where people elsewhere in Canada are maybe starting to sort of pick up on what's been going on in Quebec because um, this isn't kind of an allegation that came out of nowhere. It very much um, you know is within this context where people within Quebec are starting to talk. Um, talk very openly and, and make these accusations very publicly on social media. So the uh, the accusation about Yves Francois Rocher uh, started on one of these uh, one of these uh, feminist Facebook pages. I think what what's fascinating too for the rest of the country is you know the the Me Too reckoning sort of you know moved right through society and you sort of felt like okay well you know, the, the, the low-hanging fruit, if, as it were, if I can use that term, you know, that that has all been, you know, there have been people coming forward and there was an encouragement of victims to come forward a couple of years ago. And it seems odd that that seemed to have just missed Quebec altogether. Well, actually, there were um, quite a few Quebec public figures at the time who um, who did end up sort of stepping down from positions of power for that reason, there's um, Gilbert Rozon, uh, the, the Just for Laughs founder, um, Eric Sabay, who's a, a big deal radio and TV personality in Quebec. Um, those were some of the people who, um, yeah, who, who were named at the time back in back in 2017. But um, what one of my colleagues, Jean-François Vendurin from HuffPost Quebec, told me is it kind of feels like that was just a rehearsal. 2017 was just a rehearsal for what's happening now. What has been the the general reaction to all of this? I mean, you know, we saw in 2017 a kind of a, a pushback and, you know, someone saying, well, it's, you know, dangerous to be a man these days. You might recall some of those uh, sort of comments back in the, in the day. Uh, what's the reaction been within Quebec? Um, I think it's fair to say it's been fairly mixed. There has been quite a bit of support um, for the accusers, um, but there certainly are some people who are pushing back in that, you know, in that fairly predictable way. Um, there are some uh, some kind of tabloid papers in in Montreal that are uh, that are very um, very resistant. I think particularly because it's happening on social media, which is still seen as kind of a young person's um, platform. There's there's kind of a big there is a yeah. It is fair to say for sure that there's uh, there is something of a resistance. Uh, there there certainly are people who who don't believe that this is a fair way um, to kind of go about um, making allegations of sexual assault. Um, but the reality is that um, you know in Canada only about 17 percent of sexual assaults are reported to the police, and of those that are reported only a very small fraction, about 10% result in a conviction. So I think what we're seeing now is really a result of a lot of people who are, who are very frustrated with, um, with those numbers, with that kind of reality, um, and who are trying to get some degree of, of justice elsewhere. Maya Kepler is a reporter with the Huffington Post, and you can read her story about Quebec's Me Too music and culture uh, reckoning right now underway in Quebec. Maya, thank you so much for being on the program. Really appreciate it. Thanks.
Thanks for having me. So what's interesting, I think, about that is, is I mean, there's a ton of things that are interesting, but I think from a perspective, if you're asking yourself, Alan, I'd, you know, that's Quebec. It's its own microcosm. It's its own sort of cultural, you know, island unto itself. But I, what is interesting and fascinating there is you heard Maya talking about in 2017, yes, indeed, there were some public figures who uh, were me tooed, if I can use that term. And now here we are again a number of years later, and something has now sparked another round and a, and a, and a further reckoning. And I think it's important to think about that in English Canada as well, because if you think that Me Too has come and gone, and sure, you know, we might have some leftovers from it, and, you know, maybe there's a better awareness about it, but if you think that, you know, all of the bad actors, you know, have, you know, faced some kind of justice, I I don't know if that's necessarily true. And I think that if you had something like this, you know, in Ontario and Toronto, where you could just have a spark like this, where somebody's talking about bartenders, for example, and then it could just spill into, you know, the greater society. So I would not put that out of out of the, the way that that might still happen in Ontario. And it might even be what's happening in Quebec when the rest of Canada begins to pay attention to it. That may be the catalyst. So it may happen sooner than you think. Listen, coming up, Doug Ford. He's got a big week ahead. He's up at uh, 1 o'clock with an announcement today. He's going to be talking about how the uh, $7 billion that Ontario is going to get from the feds, how that's going to be distributed in two cities. And so a lot of that will uh, determine the news later on today. There'll be reaction from John Tory on how that money is being parceled out to the individual municipalities. Then Wednesday of this week, Doug Ford will be providing some kind of an update on when Toronto, Peel, and Windsor-Essex might move to Stage 3. We're the only parts of the province that are not in Stage 3. The numbers today, 119. We really kind of need to get those numbers consistently under 100, but we'll find out on Wednesday about that. And then the one that I think everybody is really looking at, especially if you've got kids, I know that I am really got my eye out for it. Stephen Lecce says that sometime this week there will be an announcement on the plan for schools come September. And there's been a lot of talk from different sectors, different portions of the educational system that says, you know, if this does not come with a massive influx of resources and cash, it will not work. I don't care what model you're going with. First of all, the model better be five days a week back to school. It better be. Because, I mean, unless there's a huge spike or some kind of reason to keep them out of class, you cannot restart the economy. You can't do anything without kids in school. And then if it's this, you know, learn-at-home model, well, where's the resources for that? Because what happened in the spring, that was not learned from home. That was just anarchy. That was just, hey, parents, why don't you teach your kids? That, it's, then that's not going to work. That's not sustainable. And, you know, if we talk about, you know, a combination of at home and in the class, so what are you now? You're going to your boss saying, I'd like to work two days a week, but could you please pay me the full 100%? I got to stay home for the other three days that the kids aren't there. How about this? How about this, boss? I come in every other week. 